1: Hello, America, and welcome to the program. Somebody climbed the Trump Tower yesterday. Have you, have you heard why? Have you seen the video of why the guy climbed Trump Tower yesterday? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's quite amazing. If you haven't seen that, we'll talk about it. Also, somebody walked off their television show yesterday because they say uh, they're being silenced about Donald Trump. We'll take that on. And there was also another media explosion yesterday about Donald Trump. We will take all of those things one by one, and we begin right now.
2: of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Morning, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. So glad that you have uh, tuned in today. There's a couple of things that we, we need to um, uh, discuss. First of all, if you want a meeting with Donald Trump, I don't recommend that you climb up the side of the building with suction cups. Why? Why? What it tends, tends to... to make you look nuts.
0: Well, I mean, you wouldn't climb up any building, but that's Trump no. Towers. So right. That's where he I again just
3: is don't here. think you're going to get a meeting. With that, Donald it it kind of reminds me of, hey, I drove here from uh, from Anchorage, Alaska to see Glenn, and it's four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. it's another guarantee that yeah. probably you're not, not going to get to see Glenn. You're not going to get not,
1: in. You're not. immediately put on a stalker list, and I'm not kidding you. The security immediately like I'm sure happened with Donald Trump yesterday, immediately put on a watch list, do not let him near Donald Trump. No doubt. Um, He had a video that I watched. He's a kid, and he's a big Trump supporter and says he knows of a way that Trump can definitely win. He's been trying to get a meeting, um, but he can't. So what did he do? He climbed up the side of the building with suction cups. What else are you supposed to do? I know, right? What else are you supposed to do? The days of people like Gino Vanelli going out and hanging out in front of Herp Alperts. Right, and, and running him down, passing yeah. the guard, trying to chase him. Right. I mean, Those days are over. God. You, know, you, don't, you don't do that anymore. Who is it, uh, Jeff Allman that was hanging out at... Uh, yeah, one of the Allman brothers camped out in Muscle Shoals. I mean, camped, pitched a tent in the right. parking lot. That's, That's a not- way for... Today, though, though, you, you are escorted out. Yeah, you yeah. Now the way to do it is to, uh, to do it virally. Now's, now, now's when you get on and you do something on YouTube or the Internet. You don't climb up Trump Tower. Makes you look unstable.
0: It's an interesting theory. I mean, I, I, you'd think that Trump would say, Hey, you saved me the electricity of the elevator. Right. Well, maybe we do a quick meeting. Right. You, know? Can, I ask you I know?
1: can I ask you a question? How did he get out of the fifth floor? How did he get onto the building in the first place? You would think somebody would have grabbed him at the very beginning of that.
3: Yeah, there's. I mean, if you've ever been to New York, you know there's the streets are not empty. There's, yeah, there's uh, there's no. always somebody walking around. Yeah, but still, around. There's well, he, always came out, he came out. I think he buildings. came out on the fifth floor, didn't he? He
1: yeah. came oh, he out did. on the
3: fifth floor. Yeah.
1: If I'm on the fifth floor of Trump Tower and the guy says, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside and use cups to go up and meet Donald Trump. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's good <laughs> <I can> luck. <laughs> it. it is New York. I mean, it is New York. <laughs> somebody says that, and you're like, Meh. Man, it's That's the fifth time today. Somebody. Whatever. Says I gotta catch like a that. cab. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Uh, And there's security all over that building. Always has been security all over that building. Uh, So uh, I don't know how he did it, but you're not going to get a meeting with him, dude. Uh, It's not going to happen. But I I would like to hear his idea. I'm just just curious now what was worth risking your life for. I would like to hear the idea. So yesterday, what is this guy's name, Pat? Pat? There's a guy that was on Newsmax television yesterday, David Michael Lynch. Lynch. Yes, yeah, Lynch. David Michael Lynch. Um, yeah. he, was, he did a show on Newsmax, uh, and last night he was taken off the air, and I want you to hear his monologue.
4: So I asked the question at the beginning of this DML report. Has everyone lost their integrity in the media?
1: Yes. And the answer to that question is no.
4: No. I can guarantee you that one man cannot be bought, Okay. One man cannot be controlled good. and this man certainly cannot be filtered.
3: Mm.
4: And so to everybody here at Newsmax, especially my team who has worked for me, and I'm a hard guy to work for. I mean I drive a tough bargain because I want perfection and they've done an amazing, amazing job. Right. Yeah. And I don't tell them enough and I should. You should. It's not easy to say goodbye to a show with your name on it, especially when you work as hard as I have to get to this point. Right. But it is what it is, and I am proud of what I just did and what I just said. Good. That being said, I want to introduce two of my hey. favorite.
1: So here's what he said before that, and that's where they took him off the air. They just yeah. pulled the plug on the, on his on the air. What he said was, um, "I've been fighting for Donald Trump, and." I've lost control of my own show and uh, Newsmax is now putting on produced pieces on my show and they put one piece about Roger Ailes and Fox News. He said, I was gone yesterday and they ran a a produced piece about Fox News and the trouble they're having over there with Roger Ailes. And uh, he said why would we take on Fox News? They're the only ones fighting for the same things I'm fighting for, and that's Donald Trump. Um, And then he went on a Donald Trump thing, and he said, you know, I'm being told not to talk so much about Donald Trump, um, but we have to fight now for Donald Trump, yada, yada. Um, And then he then says, I'm not going to do that, and they take him off the air, only to be replaced with the Fox News uh, story. I will tell you that uh, I don't know anything about this guy. I've heard of him, and maybe we've met before. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, but I don't know anything about him. I've never watched his show. And uh, while I don't agree with what he did last night, um, you, don't, you don't do that. That's somebody else's property. You know, I, I had lots of feelings about Fox and lots of feelings about things that were going on. Never once... Did I say them on the air there? That is not right. You've been invited into their house. It is their license. It is their sponsorships and everything else. And I had respect for that. I wasn't going to be told what to do, but I never, ever put them, at least intentionally, put them in a bad position. Never intentionally did that. Um, And I had real respect for the... Uh, freedom that they did allow me. If you, want, if you don't get that freedom, you should leave. Just not that way. The second thing is, for Newsmax, and I don't know what the story is, this guy might have been a nightmare off the air, so I don't want to throw Newsmax under the bus because I have no idea what the real story is. We only heard one side of it. Um, but for anybody who is telling a talent what to do unless there's problems behind the scene and you're a screwball, you know, and then you just need to fire them. But sometimes your contracts don't allow you to fire them. So you have to just rein them in and box them in until they decide to leave. Um, so, I, again, I don't know what was happening behind the scenes, but any company that thinks the days of you telling the talent what to say. Those days are over. I would have lost Dana long ago. Buck long ago. Tommy and I don't agree on very much at all. She's here. And she said I was just on her show, what, last week for the first time. We've not spent very much time together at all. Um, And she invited me on her show last week, and we had a very good conversation. Fascinating uh, conversation. It was a fascinating conversation because... In some regard, I'm her boss. I'm not. I mean, I'm, I, I own the Blaze. Uh, 80% owner. I'm, I'm not her boss. I don't tell anyone what to do. That is the job of the Blaze. I'm an owner, not an operator. But she knows how I feel. And uh, uh, so I got on and I said to her a few things on the air uh, because she asked. But I was polite and she said, I appreciate the fact that you backed me up in the press when people were calling for my termination. And I said, well, I disagree with what you did. You know, there's there's I'm not firing people for having a different opinion than mine. If you really believe that this is the place that you should go if you are being stifled and you have a mainstream, I shouldn't say that and you. Attract an audience. There's lots of people who have an opinion but can't attract an audience. If you can attract the audience and I think you feel you, you fit somewhere within my principles, uh, you come here and nobody's going to tell you what to do. That's wrong. We don't do content, we hired you to do the content. Those days of massive control from the top of the networks are over. And I don't understand people who don't get that. That's the way the world is going. You, you set your own hours. We're about to do something, um, you know, here at the, the Blaze that I probably shouldn't talk about. Um, where, uh, you know, it, anyway, you, you set your own pace. You just have to get the... Let me take you to Facebook. Facebook, I went through, and there were these guys that were hanging out in the arcade. And they were just... They were in the arcade, and they were playing, and I said... As we walked out, I said, this place is great. You've got a wood shop. You've got game spaces. You have classes here. How does anybody get their work done? And she just looked at me. and was like crazy. And I said, do you have to tell people they can only play so many hours at the arcade? You know, they get addicted to it. And she's like, no, you get your job done. You can spend all day in there. I don't care. We don't care, as long as you get your job done. If you don't get your job done, then you just lose your job. Not because you're in the arcade, you just didn't get your job done. That's the way the world is moving. And we should embrace that. Not the other direction, especially with the internet. By the way, we have to today talk about the TPP. Yesterday I did a show all on the TPP. It is frightening what is coming on the TPP It is an entirely new government structure. It is the European Union. And I know everybody is going to say that's not true, but that's exactly what they said with the European Union. This is a living document that can be changed without us. And you need to understand, because it's going to change absolutely everything. The TPP, there's a reason why all the politicians, when they're running, are, say, they, say they are against the TPP. And there's a reason why you don't know anything about the TPP. We went through the 6,000 pages of the TPP, and there are very disturbing things in there. Very disturbing. So we have to go over that on
3: today's program
1: but I want to play one more thing. Do you have the Hannity monologue from yesterday?
3: Yeah, it's six minutes. Um, so. Uh,
1: so let me take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. And um, Hannity said some things um, yesterday that it, <laughs> this is going to come as a surprise to him. I actually agree with him on the main message. I think his main message. We'll do that here in a second. First, let me tell you about realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a company of, of mine. This is a smaller company that we started, um, I don't even know, two years ago. We just announced that it was starting about six months ago because we did about a year and a half of testing. And the idea was I was so frustrated trying to sell my house and trying to find a good real estate agent. And I do commercials for real estate agents all over the country. And I've met a lot of real estate agents. And I'm just like, I wish you lived where I live. So I started thinking... Well, if I would like to have these people as real estate agents, wouldn't, why shouldn't I share that with everybody else? And so we started putting together a network of real estate agents all across the country. All of them have been vetted by my team, and this is why it took us about a year and a half to do it, because we wanted to see this in action and get it all right before we ever told you about it. Realestateagentsitrust.com these are the people I trust. They are, first, first hurdle do you listen to the show? Are you a fan of the show? So we know you have the same kind of values and principles. You just want a good deal. You want to treat people right. We have seen real estate agents, this amazing. One couple tried to sell their house, and um, I can't remember what it was, but he had to go start a job someplace else, and they just couldn't sell it. And the real estate agent was like, look, I know this house is going to sell. I'm just going to buy it. Let me just buy it. Give you the cash because you've got to move on and you can't afford to do it. Now, no, that, I don't want to promise that that's going to happen because that doesn't happen very often. This was just one real estate agent whose values and, uh, and principles lined up so hard that he understood and had the compassion of, look, I know what situation you're in and I can help you. These people are amazing people. You want to sell your home for the most amount of money and on time, uh, you call Real Estate Agents I Trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Somebody's going to get right back to you right away. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We
3: are the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
5: Beck
1: program 888-727-BEC. Hey, tomorrow I'm going to be in Denver, Colorado at the Red State Gathering. Um, the topic that I'm going to uh, talk about is where do we go from here? Uh, what's next? And how do you find truth? RedStateGathering.com. RedStateGathering.com. That's tomorrow uh, and through the weekend, but I'm going to be there tomorrow, giving the keynote tomorrow night in Denver, 8th Annual Red State Gathering, redstategathering.com. Grab your tickets now. All right. I want to go over a little bit what Sean Hannity said, and I'm actually going to agree with Sean Hannity on a lot of what he said. And he took people on uh, from the GOP that are, are standing against Donald Trump, or at least not supporting Donald Trump. And um, – There's some things that I don't agree, but a lot that I do agree. And I think I have a way where we can all come together. Something where both the people who agree with Sean and the people who agree with me can actually come together and protect our country. And it's probably where we should begin to focus. And we'll get into that here in just a second. I don't want to do it in injustice by trying to cram it in, um, uh, trying to cram it in here. Uh, What are the other things that we have um, the we had Gary Johnson on yesterday and I will tell you that I'm sorry that it turned out the way it did Um, we had about five things we wanted to talk to him about and we're trying to get him to ease our concerns on on five different things and he didn't I I don't know I, I can't read Gary. Um, I don't know what he's. I, I don't know where he's coming from, but I've not seen a libertarian take a view of "I don't trust this." I don't trust. He doesn't t- trust religious people. He doesn't trust religious people, he but he the also government more apparently yeah, he doesn't. He also doesn't trust the government as a libertarian. He doesn't trust the government, and he doesn't trust the people, which is un- which is a little strange. Um, but he trusts the government more than religious people. Mm-hmm. And that's just concerning to me. Yeah. And it's not even about religious people. It's about people. I don't know that I've ever heard any libertarian.
0: I never articulate have. the point that people should be forced to artistically create something uh, for uh, an event before against their
1: will. Right. I mean, even not re- even not even religious. For any reason, of for any reason, I've
0: never I don't think somebody
1: I've... should be forced to do something against their will. And, and like you, there are certain
0: um, things that, you know, the conservative audience might disagree with libertarians on. There's a lot of, for example, pro-choice libertarians. Like Ron Paul was a pro-life libertarian, but there's many that are pro-choice. Um, but so, you know, there's going to be those hang ups. It's low hanging fruit for an individual to be able to make a decision on their own based on their own conscience uh, for a libertarian i, I don 't but he won 't no. is there anybody he can 't pick that low-hanging hanging. is there
1: anybody in the audience who is a gary uh, is a Johnson Weld fan that understands what he 's saying about They can ease our mind on religion because he 's coming off and he may not be, but he 's coming off as somebody who is deeply suspicious of religion to the point to where he trusts the government more in fact it 's pretty much what he said yesterday. Of course, there's unfortunately no
0: candidates uh, at this No, point. there's none. Although there's we talked none. to Evan McMullen today, right? Um, oh, do we? He's yeah, on I on we the show do today. Yeah. So maybe we have him on today. Maybe good. he'll have
1: a good answer good, on that. Good, good, good. Uh, and Hillary Clinton. That's where I agree with Sean Hannity. We're going to go there next. Hillary Clinton. What does her administration mean? And how do we protect against it?
2: program. Mercury.
1: <clears throat> Let me quickly go to Paul in Idaho. Knows why Gary Johnson dislikes religion. Go ahead, Paul. Well, I'd
6: like to say that Gary Johnson, it, uh, whether he's right or not, whether he's a true libertarian or not, distrust the establishment of religion because it's an original, it's the original state—the idea that um, you know some organization using force and intimidation. Right. Uh, whether it's the force of violence or telling you that, you know, they have the service of salvation that you can only get through us is going to demand taxes, tributes, tithing, you know, and and whenever religion becomes too powerful historically throughout humanity, you've seen genocide, you've seen. Um, well, you I mean, see that, at,
1: uh, but you but you you see that through everything. So it's not just religion; it's everything like that, and. If I may yes. say Paul, if, well, so the if religion he,
3: doesn't have that power here right R- religion can't force you to do anything right as long as the
1: Constitution is adhered to, we won't have that problem. The other thing is is um, many Christians have changed not that doesn't mean all Christians doesn't mean it, all atheists have changed. many atheists have changed, many um, uh, Christians have changed and if the Jewish people um, in Israel, And the Jewish people of America have begun to open their arms and forgiveness to Christians. And Christians are demonstrating now that they are not the Christians that they were, you know, a thousand years ago. It it probably is time for the libertarians to do the same thing and judge each person on their actions and the content of their character and not to group people together like that.
6: Well, we we a true libertarian. I don't believe Gary Johnson is a true libertarian. Don't get me wrong; I'm not an adamant supporter of him. However, I do think he's better than our other two options. Yes. Um, a true libertarian doesn't judge people based on prop uh, on uh, you know their beliefs. They yes. base people uh, based on their integrity, and integrity is seen as. Uh, um our interaction, free trade amongst each other, I'm not going to coerce you, you shouldn't coerce me. Correct. And uh, it doesn't matter whether, it, I mean, my mom, for example, is is LDS, she raised me LDS, I'm not part of the church anymore. But it's perpetual coercement, trying to, okay. you know, trying to get me to go back to church whether yeah. I want to or not. And You know, she no. can't agree to just leave the issue alone,
1: that's Sure. that's similar. And Paul, I, I, I understand everybody, this, this is the basic principle of God. Everyone has free will, and do with it what you will. When you break laws, God's laws, there's punishments for that, or I shouldn't say that. There's consequences for that, um, and there are consequences for breaking man's law and breaking the Constitution, or at least there used to be. Um, but everybody has free will, and the idea is, unless you're breaking the law, um, there's no consequence that man should be inflicting on another. Let me go to Sean Hannity and what he said last night, because I actually agree with him on some things. Listen to this monologue.
5: the it time now for Republicans who refuse to endorse Donald Trump. Are they now sabotaging his campaign? Because if they continue to do what they're doing and Hillary Clinton wins, will they be responsible for supporting Hillary Clinton's radical left-wing agenda? Now, okay, stop. These are the people second. I'm talking Flawed, flawed thinking here.
3: And isn't um, that kind of it's almost progressive thinking that's exactly what Obama does he sets yeah. up a straw man argument and then he sets it on fire well that's yeah. I, it's not I'm not responsible for Hillary Clinton no. we warned
1: said we, all we had to we we had to beat Hillary Clinton and we warned and it's not it's not we, if we weren't powerful enough to get uh Ted Cruz to be the nominee we're certainly not powerful enough to have donald trump trailing by 13 points no <laughs> i mean if we could, if we had the power so, of 13 points it, ted cruz would be the nominee. nominee right now you and your math yeah i know mm-hmm. so anyway so um it's not us we agree sean with you that hillary clinton is a disaster and um and the the idea that Donald Trump said was, I don't need those constitutionalists. I don't need them. And those are his words. He should be talking to Donald Trump. Right. About I don't need them. Not only does I, he not need them, he do not want, want them. them. Right. Um, and, that's, and that's totally fine. His plan was, I'm going to reach across the aisle, and I'm going to get a lot of Democrats, and I'm going to get Bernie Sanders supporters. Well, that's not happening. And one-fifth of the Republican Party doesn't want anything to do with Donald Trump. One-fifth. You cannot win with one fifth of the Republican Party, not saying that they won't vote for you. But his plan, as we said, won't work. His plan from the beginning is I'm going to win New York. I'm going to win Pennsylvania. I'm going to win a lot of
5: Democrats. Well, that's not happening. OK, so go ahead. About time to name names. Bill Crystal. Former Governor Mitt Romney, Suzanne, Susan Collins, Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, Ben Sass, mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham, Meg Whitman, and many, many others. Now, <laughs> if they keep up their stubborn, their stupid game and continue to lick their wounds, well, I, this is what they I, will hey, be stop. responsible for. Stop. Just- <laughs> I'm
1: not letting you two talk.
3: not letting you two talk. It's just that. That's not the issue. Yeah, I mean, it's the issue not the is issue. not our wounds. And, uh, the and, issue is not our feelings, right. and he knows that. It's our principles, and he our principles and, and, and
1: to Sean, I believe our principles are very much the same. He just is going towards those principles in a route that we disagree with, and we're going to those principles in a route he disagrees with. And there's nothing wrong with that. We have different ways of, of getting to our principles Um, and he, you know, he knows Donald Trump. I don't, he knows him. He trusts him. I don't think that Sean Hannity is evil or anything else. He knows him. And he's talked to me several times and he's like, Glenn, you're wrong about Donald Trump. And it's not any kind of game he's playing. He's not getting money or he's not doing anything. He believes Donald Trump. He knows him. I don't, I don't trust him, but that's just the difference between us. And it's not that we're licking our wounds. It's not. It has nothing to do with that.
5: Give a few examples. Of course, that would be the continuation of President Obama's disastrous economic policies. And did any of them happen to listen now, to Trump's speech? This is where speech? he, this is where he we totally agree. We have the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s, lowest home ownership rate in 41 years, the worst recovery since the 1940s. He's right. Clinton will simply continue that failed mm, economic right. agenda of Obama. That, Absolutely of course, is right. Obamacare. Now, Donald Trump told me last night he will repeal and replace it and have competition. Clinton will keep it. Okay, stop. Donald Trump also told
3: 60, 60 minutes. minutes he wants... And he doesn't and this is care what, if it costs him right. votes. And he, kno- he also said he knows it's government, Republican. Yeah. He knows it's not Republican. It right.
1: I want the so, government to pay for it. So the, the question is, and this is, again, where where Sean knows Donald and believes him that he is going to repeal and replace with free market. I tend to take a man at his word on 60 Minutes that he is going to repeal and replace with something that is 100% socialism. He was adamant about it. He was adamant about it. In September. And that is his record of belief throughout his life. Sean may be right, but I don't know Donald Trump. And a lot of people don't know Donald Trump. And the Donald Trump we do know changes his viewpoint to wherever he happens to be standing. And so that's the difference between us. I
5: don't believe him on this. Open borders. Trump promises a wall. Clinton wants open borders. So which is better for national security and the American worker? Now, the refusal to use the term radical Islam. Donald Trump will mention it liberal Supreme Court justices versus the originalists that Donald Trump has said that he will support he wants people like Scalia and Clarence Thomas on the bench on this one issue alone this will impact this country for generations to come. Absolutely true. Hillary of course wants a 550 percent increase in unvetted refugees Trump promises to vet them all or else not let them in top-down common core education that's failing Hillary would continue that. We have a dilapidated military. Trump will improve the military and rebuild it. And the list goes on. When did our, uh, our military...
3: Uh, when? Oh, wow, we are in trouble. No, I we mean, are in trouble with our military. Are they dilapidated? Yeah, we, are, we are in big trouble. We are in big trouble. I He's right on that. I not call our military I will put
1: dilapidated. you in touch with somebody who will tell you exactly what's happened over... We are in big trouble with our military. So, um, Hannity is absolutely right. On those problems. He's absolutely right. I want you to understand clearly. <laughs> for the record. We've been saying this for over a year. Um, actually we've been saying this for four years. Because we knew she was going to be it. But as this went on. This is why we fought so hard. This is why I, uh, I endorse somebody for the very first time. I endorsed the constitution. Not Ted Cruz. I started almost every speech. I don't, I'm not here to endorse Ted Cruz, I am here to endorse the Constitution of the United States. I am am telling you now, Hillary Clinton is an absolute, unmitigated disaster for the country. Disaster. I happen to believe that Donald Trump, A, cannot nor will he win. I also think he is a very dangerous man that could end up being a bigger disaster for the United States. So how do we solve this problem? We can either sit here and go back and forth. Sean said that he went on in his monologue calling people crybabies, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and I was very offended by that, but I immediately thought, you know what, I've said things like that about the other side. I have said, I've said things uh, and disparaged people on the other side, and I regret it, shouldn't have done it. So how am I going to point the finger at Sean Hannity and say, hey, I, you know, no, I did it too. We should stop that and start to understand that there is one thing that we can come together. There's one thing I can stand with Sean Hannity on and will stand with Sean Hannity on. And it won't be who to vote for. Although I have never said do not vote for Donald Trump. Well, at least not since the end of
0: the primary. I mean certainly you yeah, during the, the primary guy, so yes
1: I I have said since the end of the primary I cannot but I understand those who do I really do I understand why because Hillary Clinton is so bad so I understand that and I'll never say Sean is not a patriot for doing that he's doing what he believes is right because we are facing two horrible horrible options however here's where we can unite The under ticket. The if Hillary Clinton is president, the only thing that will have a chance of being a speed bump, not a stop, but a speed bump will be a Republican Congress. And we know the Republican Congress will unite against Hillary Clinton. We know the press will throw in for her. You need a speed bump. It's not going to solve the Uh, all of the problems of what she's going to bring, but it will at least slow her down and stop some of them. So let's unite on the bottom of the ticket. You must go out and vote. Who you vote for at the top of the ticket is your business. Who I vote for is my business. Who Sean does, his business. And I won't condemn any man who strongly disagrees with me and says, no, uh, Donald Trump is so bad, I have to vote for Hillary Clinton. I think that's insanity. Hillary Clinton is, is so bad, but I can't vote for Donald Trump. Okay, I understand that. Hillary Clinton is so bad, I have to vote for Donald Trump. I have to vote for him. I understand that. So let's get off of that, because there's no winning there. There is winning by uniting and saying, whoever you vote for at the top Let's come together and make sure that the under ticket wins. Let's not take the under ticket apart. Let's make sure that we have a hold of the Republican Congress and the Republican Senate. Because if we don't, we have we have uh, Barack Obama's first two terms. And that was the real problem were the first two terms years first yeah sorry first two years well actually first two terms but his first (laughs) two years (laughs) as well all right blinds.com how do your windows look from inside your house new custom blinds from blinds.com are the simplest and cheapest way to give your whole house a makeover at blinds.com they're going to walk you through measuring and installation every step of the way a design consultation worth two hundred dollars free with blinds.com, 100% satisfaction is guaranteed, and there is no way that you're going to get these wrong because they have the, um, the, the consultation. If, you don't, if you, you don't know, I don't know. If you're looking at things and you're like, I don't know how that's going to look, the design consultation is free, and they will help you pick the right thing for your house. They even will save you money like they did with Stu when he picked up uh, shutters, He picked out the really nice ones, and the guy's like, you can save a lot of money, and these will actually be even nicer. So they will help you every step of the way. Only at Blinds.com. Right now, use the promo code BECK. You buy three blinds and get the fourth blind free, but that ends August 31st. Buy three blinds, get the fourth blind absolutely free. Now through the end of the month, only at Blinds.com, promo code BECK. Rules and restrictions may imply Blinds.com, promo code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck
3: Program. Mercury.
2: Throughout history, progressives have been murderers, terrorists, torturers, and slavers. In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck helps you understand the why and how behind the progressive movement. Liars, on sale now at glennbeck.com
1: liars. I will tell you that, um, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for making Liars the number one best-selling book in America. You're welcome. Um, BookScan came out yesterday, number one book in the country New York Times came out number two. <laughs> wow, is, what a surprise. It's amazing. We have had we have had thirteen number one New York Times bestsellers. We have had eighteen number one book scan bestsellers. Book scan is means boop, boop. I mean it's just the book. It's just, just how many numbers. books are sold. Okay. That's that's it. We have had 18 number one book scan bestsellers. And this isn't a political vendetta, right? Because this—would they give it to Dinesh? They give it to Dinesh. Which, I mean, Dinesh had a really well, good—you
0: know—his book was great. Right, right, right. Was His great book is great. But I mean, it's like so—they gave it to another conservative. Uh,
1: it was hard. It was, it was not hard to lose this one because it yeah. went to Dinesh. Yeah, and, you know, God bless Dinesh. But thank you for making this the number one uh, best-selling book in in the country. And we would love for you to get it if you haven't gotten it yet. Please get it. Share it with your kids. Share it with your teenagers. Share it with those who are going into college. Liars. Available everywhere at amazon.com now. This
2: is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
1: Thanks to you, Liars, How Progressives Exploit Our Fears for Power and Control is the number one best-selling book in America. We thank you so much for that. In case you don't have it yet, uh, we we are giving you pieces of the book and expanding on them a bit because people have got to understand what progressives are and how it works and how you stop the progressive agenda. In the book, you learn about famous progressives like FDR and Woodrow Wilson and, uh, and LBJ and Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. But you'll also learn about progressives that you've never heard of, like Stuart Chase. In another installment of our serial on progressive liars, we focus on the progressive profit uh, and something called System X. We start there right now.
7: of entertainment and enlightenment.
2: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Over the years, we've talked a lot about progressives like Woodrow Wilson, FDR, and LBJ. One we haven't discussed much is the man known as the progressive prophet, Stuart Chase. Chase was an American economist born in 1888 and influenced by the Fabian Socialism and Communist social and education experiments being conducted in the Soviet Union in the early 1930s. Progressives will tell you that at several points in his life, Stuart Chase was very critical of communists, as were many progressives, since progressivism applied is communism, and you get a chance to see the ugly results. But at the end of his 1932 book, A New Deal, from which FDR may have lifted the title for his social programs, Chase wrote, Why should the Soviets have all the fun remaking a world? He, like so many before him and after him, believed the world needed remaking in their own image. That is, a progressive, Fabian socialist image. So where can we go? What sort of government and economic system should we adopt if constitutionalism and free market are passé? Good news. Chase sketched that out for us. There's just one problem. He couldn't come up with a name for it. Chase tossed around terms such as socialism, fascism, and state capitalism. But those didn't seem to fit the bill. And it's not hard to figure out why. The United States was at war with the fascists, of course. And like any good Fabian, he shied away from calling socialism by its name. State capitalism seemed closer to the mark, but it still wasn't quite right. So, instead, he labeled America's future system, quote, something called X, end quote. This political system X, according to Chase, was already displacing the system of free enterprise all over the world. He offered a list of major characteristics of this new system. What's most striking, perhaps, about Chase's utopian vision is how much of it seems to have already come to pass in the United States. Let's take them one by one. A strong, centralized government. We obviously have a strong, centralized government that politicians of both parties have no compunction about expanding.
6: We cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong. Just as well funded. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free
5: market system.
7: An executive arm growing at the expense of the legislative and judicial arms. In some countries, power is consolidated in a dictator issuing
1: decrees. This should be plainly obvious after the Obama administration's singular legacy of executive overreach.
6: We are not just going to be waiting for legislation in order to make sure uh, that we're providing Americans uh, the kind of help that they need. Uh, I've got a pen, and I've got a phone, uh, and I can use that pen to sign executive orders uh, and take executive actions.
7: The control of banking, credit, and security exchanges by the government.
1: Government continues to exert control of banking, credit, and security exchanges. And the recent Dodd-Frank legislation has only further cemented that.
7: The underwriting of employment by the government, either through armaments or public works
1: the underwriting of Social Security and other social programs was realized as part of Johnson's Great Society, which Chase supported enthusiastically in his later life.
6: Will you join in the battle to build the Great Society to prove that our material progress is only the foundation on which we will build a richer life of mind and spirit? Unemployment remains a serious problem. Here, as in every other nation. And it is because of this that we've come to recognize the possibility and the necessity of certain helpful remedial measures. These measures are of two kinds. The first is to make provisions intended to relieve, to minimize, and to prevent future unemployment. The second is to establish Uh, measures the practical means to help those who are unemployed in the present emergency. Our social security legislation is an attempt to answer the first of these questions, and our work relief program, the second.
7: The first thing we have to do is prevent the Republicans ever from privatizing it. They are still determined to privatize social security. You know, Harry remembers after Bush got reelected in 2004, the first thing he said was, let's go privatize Social Security. I was one of the leaders in the Senate with Harry and others. We went around the country. We made it clear we would never let that happen.
1: Right. At 23 trillion dollars of unfunded liability, you certainly wouldn't want to privatize. But Chase's progressive vision
7: continued. The underwriting of food, housing and medical care by the government. The United States is already experimenting with providing these essentials. Other nations are far along the road.
1: The underwriting of food, housing, and medical care is evident in First Lady Michelle Obama's signature issue, the federal intervention into what local school districts feed their children.
6: Iraq knows that we are going to
4: have to make sacrifices. We are going to have to change our conversation. We're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place
1: uh, as a nation. No doubt Americans couldn't have imagined that change would even include the way they allow us to eat. Starting
4: this year, the talented people who cook the food at your school will be offering you all kinds of healthy, delicious new choices.
1: Those choices have been so delicious that the students at schools have rebelled against the program, some demanding a way out. But... Back to Stuart Chase's utopian vision of a coming America. The prediction of government underwriting medical care has come true with a vengeance in the age of Obamacare.
2: We go through the gate, the gate's closed, we'll go over the fence, the fence is too high, we'll pole vault in. If that doesn't work, we'll parachute in, but we're going to get health care reform passed
8: for the American people for their own personal health and economic security.
7: The use of deficit spending technique to finance these underwritings. The annually balanced budget has lost its old-time sanctity.
1: How about that use of deficit spending technique to finance these underwritings? Not even Chase could have conceived a federal deficit of more than $500 billion, as is predicted for fiscal year 2017. Democratic and Republican politicians seem to agree with Chase's assessment that the quaint notion of a balanced budget has lost its old-time sanctity back then, our debt was around $16 trillion.
6: Now it's approaching about $20 trillion.
7: The abandonment of gold in favor of managed currencies. We achieved the abandonment of
1: gold in favor of managed currencies under a Republican president when Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard in 1971.
6: I have directed the Secretary of the Treasury to take the action necessary to defend the dollar against the speculators. I have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets, except in amounts and conditions determined to be in the interest of monetary stability and in the best interest of the United States.
7: The control of natural resources with increasing emphasis on self-sufficiency.
6: Clean air and clean water, the wise use of our land, the protection of wildlife and natural beauty, parks for all to enjoy. These are part of the birthright of every American. To guarantee that birthright, we must act, and act
1: decisively.
6: It is literally now or never.
7: The control of energy sources, hydroelectric power, coal, petroleum, natural gas.
1: And guess what this
2: liberal would be all about? This liberal would be all about socializing, uh, um, would be about basically taking over and the government running all of your companies.
1: And Barack Obama boldly warned what would happen if he were president to the energy sources he didn't care
7: for.
6: If somebody wants to build a coal power plant, they can. It's just that it will bankrupt them because they're going to be charged a huge sum for all that
1: a uh, greenhouse gas that's being emitted. President Obama also nearly single handedly shut down the proposed Keystone pipeline.
6: The State Department has decided that the Keystone XL pipeline would not serve the national interests
7: of the United States. The control of transportation, railway, highway, airway, waterway.
1: Between the FAA, the Department of Transportation, which includes maritime and waterways, The Federal Highway Administration, the National Railroad Passenger Corporation, or Amtrak, which is partially owned and subsidized by the government, Amtrak today holds a monopoly on passenger rail transportation in the United States. Control of transportation by the federal government really is complete.
7: Chase also proposed... The control of agricultural production, the control of labor organizations, often to the point of prohibiting strikes, the state control of communications and propaganda. And when he did, he mentioned
1: the FCC, which, of course, is still in operation today and arguably even more powerful. With the exceptions of full control of agriculture and labor unions, virtually everything Stuart Chase foresaw that would lead to his Progressive Utopia through System X in the United States has been achieved. It's pretty remarkable how well someone writing in 1942 predicted the current state of the American government and economy. But it is less remarkable when you think about the gradualism, the progressivism that is so essential to the Fabian socialism Chase embraced first and progressivism he adopted later the ends justify the means. He knew the revolution would not be achieved with one shock to the system or international crisis. He knew it had to take place over time, year after year, wave after wave. It had to seem organic, as if it was something that the American people themselves desired. He knew that if progressives stuck around long enough, they would eventually triumph. While Chase was certainly a visionary, His vision, at least that which he published, was incomplete. With Political System X, he captured a central part of the Grand Progressive Plan. Next time, those who are trying to put the finishing touches on the Stuart Chase Grand Vision. Glenn Beck. Gee, I wonder if that will include Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. I can't wait for the exciting, <laughs> exciting conclusion on tomorrow's program at this time. If you, by the way, want to hear any of these um, episodes and share them with friends, they are free. You can grab them at glenbeck.com slash serials. Uh, by the way, in a few weeks, they're going to be moving, uh, I think, to the bottom of this hour, right? So uh, at the 35 of this hour, I'm mm. pretty sure I'm not. I'm not positive, but I think so. Now this. Let me talk about Goldline. After you've heard everything that they predicted. And the reason why he called it System X was because uh, they, they didn't want to call it fascism, they didn't want to call it totalitarianism, and they didn't want to call it communism because by the time he wrote this book, all of those had been somewhat discredited. And so you couldn't call it that. Although that's what they were calling it at the beginning of the 1930s, either fascism or communism. But they jettisoned those titles, as, uh, as people always do, and uh, called it just System X. Well, we're here now, and it means total control. In a few minutes, I'm going to give you uh, some of the information on TPP, which puts international banking and corporations ahead of the United States government and us. Whew, every single dystopian future movie is coming true uh i would really like to suggest you prepare and call gold line now this the only thing that is left to really do it to have people cry out for the top to come down is economic unrest significant economic stability significant unemployment significant collapse of our current monetary system it is coming so please have some gold or silver ready so you have something to barter with you have something that you can fall back on this has been the currency since the bible the beginning of time gold has always had value Nothing else has, has been there as the backstop for society like gold has. Call them now. Find out if gold or silver is right for you. Read their important risk information. You're smart enough. Do your own homework on this. Call 866 465 3546. 866 465 3546. It's 866 Goldline or Goldline.com.
3: You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
2: His new book, Liars, Glenn Beck takes on some of the most pervasive lies and destroys the false promises of progressivism by taking you through its history. Get the truth in Liars, the new book by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com liars.
1: We are so glad that you uh, tuned in today. Thank you so much for, for uh, listening and thanks for making uh, Liars the number one book in the, the country um, yesterday. According to BookScan and USA Today, of course, um, and Nielsen, and and Nielsen, Uh, just not 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 according to the um, New York
3: Times. But what do you expect? That just that (laughs) you've done it multiple times.
0: Really, every
1: time.
3: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, uh, we think best selling means I don't know something like uh, selling the best.
1: Well, but I mean, I may just say Mm -hmm. basic fairness. Well, that's that's, that's, that's what they do, for. by the way. the what we're looking for. It's just
0: basic fairness. It favors independent bookstores instead of those big box retailers. I know. Um, but every time it's been close. There have been some times where it's, we've won by so much that they can't reverse it. But whenever it's even mildly close, they will reverse it on us.
1: Did you see that uh, Hillary Clinton is reaching out now um, to uh, the Christian community? She's trying now to reach out and... And say you can't vote for Donald Trump because you know he's uh, he's not a Christian and he's gonna uh, he's gonna cause all kinds of problems for Christians. May I just mm. may I just quote Hillary Clinton? Um, Deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed. Far too many women are denied access to reproductive health and safe childbirth. Safe childbirth? Who's rejecting women for safe childbirth? Uh, and laws don't count for much when they're, if they're not enforced, Hillary Clinton. And laws don't count for much if they're not enforced. Rights have to exist in practice, not just on paper. Laws have to be backed up with resources and political will. And deep-seated cultural colds, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed hmm That's Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. as she says, "You've it's got a, to vote for me if you are religious." Essentially, essentially
0: we need to change our history. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same vibe as that. It's the same vibe as uh, you know. We've heard many times from Michelle Obama, um, kind of the same area, because I mean, it's talking about fundamental changes in the way you perceive the things most dear
1: to you. I want to. I want to show you some things. Um, at the uh, bottom of the hour when we come back about the TPP. It's all starting to come together in my head on where they say these cultural biases, these cultural things have got to change. The system has got to change. System X, as we were talking about. There is something beyond the United Nations, and it's called TPP. And by hook or by crook, The fundamental transformation of America happens with TPP. And I'll explain next.
2: The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
7: Glenn
3: Beck program.
1: I want to talk to you a little bit about TPP and give you some of the facts that I gave last night. We did a full hour on this last night, and I urge you to go and get this episode. This is as bad as Agenda 21. This is this is a counterpart, I think, for Agenda 21. There is a stealth takeover of America. ...that is happening, and I know this will put us into the lunatic fringe, but it is clear to see at least the danger of this for anyone who cares to believe progressives and take them at their word. If you see what progressives have done since the turn of the century, where they've said they're going to turn this into a a dictatorship or an authoritarian uh, nation... Where the state will regulate and control everything, from what you eat to what you drink, you see that what they said a hundred years ago is happening now. They have always wanted the left has always wanted a a global governance, some sort of global institution started with the League of Nations, that failed. Then the United Nations. Went through because of the tragedy of World War II. But that's discredited and not working. So there is something else now on the table. And the first thing is to unite um, the trade partners, the Trans-Pacific partners, into a European Union. It will co- control uh, $27 trillion in GDP. And that's all that this is about. And I want you to... I want you to know that nobody seems to want to talk about this. There are two sides, those who are fiercely fighting to get this in and those who are fiercely fighting to get this stopped. Those who are fiercely fighting to get this in are doing everything they can undercover. For instance, the TPA, which is the fast track. Now, Bill Clinton did the fast track under NAFTA. And we saw NAFTA cost 700,000 jobs. And NAFTA was put through so fast, little things happened. NAFTA is one of the reasons why we have the immigration problem that we did. Because corn and beans were two of the great crops that Mexico could grow. And they were making money on that. But once NAFTA went through... Corn and beans were made at, were grown at such a low price here in America, massive joblessness hit Mexico. And while our 700,000 jobs left America, at the same time, a large number of jobs left Mexico. And so while we were looking for jobs here in America, so were the Mexicans. And they came up across the border because of NAFTA. TPP is NAFTA on steroids. And just to give you some idea uh, of of how much money is behind this, all of the lobbying money that has happened um, in the last eight years, the lobbyists have made $2.6 billion dollars. In eight years, $2.6 billion has been taken by the lobbyists to further whatever their goal is. A full one-third of that in eight years has been spent on TPP. That's pretty remarkable. Seems pretty important, doesn't it? If one-third of all of the lobbyist money is being spent on TPP, you'd think we'd know something about it, Right? Wrong. Here's why. TPP is being sold to us that it's good for small business and manufacturing, but it is not. For instance, large corporations like Allied Signal, Johnson & Johnson, Siemens, they praised the NAFTA agreement. But what happened? They fired workers and set up shops in Mexico because the... The um, hourly wage in Mexico is only a dollar per hour and ours at the time, or ours now is like $7.50 the same people who are pushing TPP are pushing for a minimum wage here in America of $15 this allows companies to go and leave the United States as they should Leave the United States and go find workers elsewhere. But those workers are making now less than a dollar per hour in other countries. In fact, it encourages them to take their business elsewhere. Uh, some of the other things, because this is not the, the, this is not um, frightening to me. If the government can't get the taxes low. And can't build a country that gets out of the way of business. We should lose business. I'm a free trade guy. Get out of the uh, get out of the. The government needs to get out of business. Um, this is a six thousand page report. The president talks about this will finally have teeth because if other countries do X, it'll be enforced. If they do Y, there'll be enforcement. If they do Z, there'll be enforcement. But he never talks about the enforcement that could come our way. Here's what this means. Foreign corporations, foreign corporations will soon have the power to sue the United States government over our sovereign laws, rules, and regulations. But it doesn't work both ways. We can't sue foreign corporations. Now, what are they, what are they, um, Uh, suing for. They're suing for things that are not in the best interest of their business. So in other words, if they say that uh, the closed borders is bad for business, the corporations can sue the United States government. And this agreement is above our constitution. This this is above our laws it will be by dictate of the international court, not the, not the old one, but the new TPP international court. Say no to that? They, can we what? I'd say no to that. I'd like to say no to that. Yeah, I would, like no. to say, I would like to say no to that uh, as well. Um, oh. it, it is above our court system. It is above our legislatures. They can override laws that are bad for international business. It is this—it's this, uh, it's this um, international bank and multi uh, and multinational corporation. Um, um, it can't be constitutional. No, it, it, it is, not. It is not. I want to—I want to read a couple of things. Um, Brzezinski has said. Now, Brzezinski is one of the big advisors on this. He has said, listen to this, tension is unavoidable uh, unavoidable as man strives to assimilate the new into the framework of the old. For a time, the established framework resiliently integrates the new by adapting it in a more familiar shape. But at some point, the old framework becomes overloaded. The fiction of sovereignty... Doctrinal conflicts arising from the 19th century crisis is no longer compatible with reality. What did he just say? Today, a new concept of man and his world is challenging the concept of the Renaissance, which have guided man's behavior for the past 500 years. The nation state as a fundamental unit of man's organized life has ceased to be the principal creative force. So what does this mean? That international banks and multinational corporations are acting and planning in terms that are far, and I'm still quoting him, um, are, are planning far in advance of political concepts of the nation states. Let me read that again. International banks and multi multinational corporations are acting and planning in terms that are far in advance of the political concepts of the nation states. This is what TPP is all about. Senator Sessions, who is really good on this, wrote a letter to President Obama. He said, quote, Mr. President, I ask that you make public the section of the TPP that creates a new transnational governance structure known as the Trans Pacific Partnership Commission. Listen to that again. Make public the section of the TPP that creates a new transnational governance structure known as the Trans Pacific Partnership Commission. Who's on the commission? multinational banks, and multinational corporations. The details of this new Governance Commission are extremely broad and have the earmarks of the European Union with many similarities. Reviewing the secret text plus the secret guidance document that accompanies it reveals that this new transnational commission, chartered with a living agreement clause, which means what, Pat? What's a living agreement
2: clause?
1: When they say the Constitution is a living document, what does it mean? Changes. Changes. Changes later on. So there is a clause here that can, the, the uh, what is it called, the um, Trans-Pacific Partnership Commission can change this the minute it's voted on. Yeah, they, well, they can awesome. say there is no European Union structure in here. This is not what it means. There's none of that in there. But they can change it because it's a living agreement. And so soon as it's passed, or whenever it becomes handy, they can change it. Um, it would have the authority to amend the agreement after its adoption to add new members to issue regulations impacting labor, immigration, environmental, and commercial policy anything the united states decides to do that is harmful for any partner in the trans in this trans pacific partnership they can the other countries can sue us and we have nothing we can say about it they can say open borders are best for the world partnership and
3: open borders is what we must do i'm sure the supporters of this <clears throat> agreement, disagree with all this, right? They, I mean, they deny this. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah, they deny. How it. do you, how do you prove that this is what it? What well, you can read the says. six thousand page. Uh, we right, last nobody's night. going to do that. Okay. We
1: last night. I, I couldn't get any. I delayed this show for a week because I wanted to get somebody from Washington. No one from Washington would come on. The Heritage Foundation came on and said. Yes, there is stuff like that in there, but I'm not so worried about it, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it could change at any time. Well, no, not really. They were concerned, but not so concerned. Hmm. There are two other organizations that we had on. One was a leftist organization, um, and they were, they were in full-fledged panic. I mean, Sanders' whole campaign was basically against I'm telling you, this is bad. This is as bad as Agenda 21 there is language in here that makes us European Union at
0: best. I mean, to rewind on this, if you remember, the TPA and TPP were an issue a long time ago, and initially Ted Cruz supported it. Um, then, but he hadn't read the secret part of it. He hadn't seen the entire thing and saw so right. details of it. So again, I think in theory, I, I fully support free trade agreements. In so th- do I. The issue here is, we,
1: the detail, The devil's in the details on this we have we, a three, I don't know enough we, about have a, we have a free trade agreement with all of these countries. We already have a trade right, agreement. So why do we need to expand? Why I mean, are we expanding it to a 6,000-page new governmental structure agreement? It would be great if
0: there was no such thing as a free trade agreement because that was the basic acknowledgement acknowledgement that's what we
1: did all the time there's no need to pass free trade agreements because free trade is the agreement i'm trying to remember uh, maybe 60 chapters i can't remember how many chapters are in there but only a third of them have anything to do with trade hello hello let me say that again one third of the chapters (laughs) in this have anything to do with trade (laughs) now this when you move lots of important papers just end up in boxes Who can look into those boxes when you're not around? Here's some tips. Take those papers and shred them when you move. Don't share personal information with people you don't know. And monitor your credit. That is important, to monitor your credit. Identity theft is America's fastest-growing crime. When thieves use the information that they have on you, they pretend that they are you, and they can buy things on your credit, liquidate your bank accounts, get your retirement funds. They can even take your five-year-old child's identity and Social Security and use it. So when he finally comes of age, his credit has been destroyed. That's why we have LifeLock. We have it as a family, and they have alerted us several times. And then, because we have had a problem uh, once, once before, they help you clean it up. It's not just monitoring and say, hey, you're on your own. Somebody just screwed you. They help you clean it up. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is the best identity theft protection available. They will call you and say, hey, did you just apply for this insurance? Yes, I did. Okay, good, just letting you know. Memberships start at nine ninety nine dollars a month plus sales tax. Go to LifeLock.com or call 800-440-4936. It's 1-800-440-4936. Use the promo code BECK. Get 10% off your LifeLock Ult- Ultimate Plus membership at LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. 800-440-4936. The Glenn Beck Program.
2: Mercury.
5: 727 back.
2: This is
3: the Glenn Beck
1: Program. Uh, Evan McMullen is going to be on with us in just a few minutes. He is the guy who decided to jump in the race here at the last minute. Um, Tomorrow is the last day you could file if you want to get on any of the ballots, and it's going to be tough to get on all 50, uh, let alone 25 of them. We'll talk to Evan. I've not spoken to him before. Get a feel of where he's coming from, why he's doing this. Uh, Evan McMullen, another guy running for President of the United States. We talk to him next. The Glenn
2: Beck Program. Mercury.
1: Well, we have another choice for you in the election. You're looking for an alternative to Trump or Hillary. A new contender has entered the race. A new hopeful, Evan McMullen. We want to talk about his background, what he believes, and quite honestly, why he's entering the race at this point. Can he win? Is he playing the role of a spoiler? What's his motivation? We find out right now.
2: fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck
1: Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We have Evan McMullen on and want to get right to him. He is a guy who is uh, running for president of the United States. He has just joined um, and his background is quite extensive, but he's a name nobody's ever really heard of. Uh, And we go to him now. Evan, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Glenn. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Very good. Let's get a quick look at your background first. Why are you qualified to be president of the United States?
8: Well, I spent uh, over 10 years in the Central Intelligence Agency as an undercover operations officer, uh, serving overseas after 9-11, where I uh, carried out covert operations against uh, al-Qaeda and other terrorist groups as well as other uh, countries who are hostile to liberty, as I like to say. Um, Then after that, I spent some time in the private sector and and working with uh, companies and a range of industries to help them compete uh, globally and create jobs in the United States. And then most recently, I've been on the Hill as a senior national security advisor, as well as the chief policy director for the House Republicans, uh, where I've learned a lot about what kind of reforms this government needs, in order to be more accountable to the people, which is a huge issue for me. So these are three major issues that the country faces, security, jobs, and government reform, and I think I'm very well uh, suited, but certainly far better suited than the two major party candidates to deliver that.
1: Uh, Tell me your thoughts about the uh, the Third Amendment to the Constitution.
8: Yeah, well, let me let me say where I'm where I'm mostly focused uh, on the Constitution. I'm a big Tenth Amendment guy. Uh, I do believe that power needs to be returned to the states. I I think that we've got way too much power in Washington. This is where I'm focused. Way too much power in in Washington, and what that means is that if you're if you're sitting in say Wyoming, if you're a voter in Wyoming, you're one of 440,000 people only who's who's voting in state elections. If you're uh, in Wyoming and then you know, like any American voting in a national election, you're one of 2 hundred and forty million, uh, which means that uh, your voice in Cheyenne is far more powerful than it is in Washington. So you know, I'm most interested in, in returning power to the states, uh, returning power closer to the people. There are a lot of other things that need to be done uh, to return power to the people, but that is really what I'm mostly focused on.
3: So, so quartering soldiers is not one of your biggest <laughs> issues right now? No. <laughs> yeah, okay. It was kind of a
1: trick question. I wanted to see if you knew what the Third Amendment was, but you yeah. definitely know what the Tenth Amendment is. <clears throat> um, uh, tell me about the balance of, uh, of power how as a how as a president of the united states what would you do to restore that well it,
8: the first thing is well first of all let me just say that it's a huge problem uh, right now i mean over the last several decades and there are a number of reasons for this uh, some laws that were passed and then some supreme court decisions that basically shifted a lot of, of Congress's power to the executive branch. And so now you have the executive branch, and I'm sure your listeners are, are aware of this, but you know the executive branch passes uh, you know, dozens and dozens of major rules and regulations every year um, that have major rules, that, that those are rules that um, have a, an economic impact of over $100 million. And and these have the force of law, and then the executive branch has the power to adjudicate complaints about them, and then also to issue fines. So, you know, they're behaving. First of all, they're they're acting they're they're acting like Congress. They're taking Congress's power. They're also um, acting as though they're the judicial branch. There's there's no balance of power in that system. And so that needs to be changed. We we can't have the the executive branch basically legislating on its own. So one of the things we need to do there's a great bill out there called the Rains Act, which we've we passed through through the House. Um, that would basically say that if if the executive branch issues a rule or a regulation that is going to have an economic impact of 100 million dollars or more. And, and, you know, that's sort of a you – know, there are other ways to sort of draw the threshold, but that's the way it's drawn in, in the bill, uh, that, that it has to get the approval of Congress. It can't just – the executive branch just can't move forward with it uh, without Congress's approval. I'm 100 percent supportive of this. I would sign it as soon as possible as president, uh, and that, that would be a first step.
1: Um, the, you've called Donald Trump inhuman. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to elaborate on that or explain that? I would that? love to, yeah. I would I would love to. I would I would I would sure love to.
8: Look, Donald Trump doesn't care about any anyone but himself. I think that's been very very clear through this campaign. I mean, this is a guy who attacks people with disabilities. I mean, what kind of person does that? This is a person who you know, kicks babies out of his rallies. <laughs> who does that? Uh, he, he attacks. Actually, he he tends to attack the world's most vulnerable people, whether you know they're refugees or babies or you know or, or people with disabilities. I mean, this is who this guy is. But it doesn't end there. He attacks. He attacks our our men and women who have served valiantly, who have given their lives for this country and their mothers. I mean, I just, I just think this. I served, as I said, for ten years in the CIA, put my life on the line countless times, and luckily walked away, you know, still alive. But others haven't, and uh, and I, I just think anybody who would uh, pursue uh, the Oval Office and and to be our Commander in Chief and who would disrespect our heroes and their families that way is somebody who is indeed inhuman.
1: So let's just go through a couple of things. If we could just do some rapid fire. Um, sure, let's do it. Where do you stand on where do you stand on guns? Uh, I'm a gun owner and uh, strong supporter of the Second Amendment. Um, any restrictions on those? Any uh,
8: kind of well, I mean, sense I do believe you know, there's a system of background checks, and I support that. I think we need to have that. I mean, but but
1: I'm do you, you believe, know I, I'm. Con- Wait, do we have do we have enough laws or do we need other new
3: laws?
8: Uh, listen, this is, this is the way I look at it. I'm concerned. I, I do not trust the federal government. Um, I do not trust the federal government to be an honest broker um, in, in a larger capacity. So So I guess if what I'm saying is if some people want, Certain checks to be done uh, on certain purchases, and they want uh, a national, you know, a national system for that. I would rather, if there's going to be something like that, I'd rather see it be done at the state level. I just think there's a real trust issue right now with the federal government, especially on on the Second Amendment. So, you know, I, I I'm open to, to discussions uh, of certain ideas, but it's with the through the prism of not trusting the federal government over, at least under this
1: administration, over its desires to limit uh, Second Amendment freedoms. All right. I've got about 10 of these. I want to go as fast as we can. Taxes and the IRS.
8: Well, I mean, uh, what the IRS has done over the last several years has just been, uh, you know, targeting uh, people, uh, targeting groups based on ideology is absolutely terrible. I mean, in terms of taxes, I think we need a, a simplified tax code. I think we need lower taxes. The, the House of Representatives has a lot of great ideas that they put out recently under Paul Ryan's leadership. Uh, I support those. Um, so that, that's in a nutshell. If we're doing rapid fire, I'll try to limit it. U-
1: Universal health care
8: uh not a supporter i think we need a free market solution
1: federalism Uh, i could not be a bigger supporter um von mises you got me there glenn von mauses the
0: government the
1: the the government's role in education in common core I don't think
8: I don't think the federal government should be dictating to the states. I think this is a state and local issue, and and that's my view. Uh,
1: eminent domain.
8: I mean, there's a role for it to play. You know, there there is a role, but uh, but I think it needs to be extremely limited. And Donald Trump's idea of it, you know, where he just wants to build hotels and parking lots and push people out of their homes, I think is just, I think it's tyrannical, frankly. Abortion. Uh, abortion. Pro life.
1: Uh, immigration.
8: I believe we need to secure the border first and foremost. It's it's uh, you know it's just a basic part of being a country. We've got to enforce our laws again. We're a country of of laws. Rule of law is so critical to to commerce and and security and all of these things. We've got to do it. W- when um, I do not. I'll, I'll say I, I I think it's uh, the idea that we're going to deport 11 million people. I think is is unrealistic. So I'm not a supporter of that. But I do agree with Donald that we need to secure the border. But Donald has this idea that that it has to be done with a wall across the whole thing. I talk to experts who tell me that in some places we need a wall, in other places we need a double wall, and in other places a wall wouldn't help. So, you know, however it's done, I'm a little more agnostic. Just as long as it gets the job done, we
1: have to secure the border. Uh, ISIS, how to defeat them.
8: Well, two things, and I think President is failing miserably, and Hillary Clinton, you know, she's, you know, she presided over our foreign policy at a time when Al-Qaeda in Iraq was reconstituting itself and then becoming ISIS. So how she's capable to fight ISIS as our commander-in-chief or, or qualified is a mystery to me. And, of course, Donald Trump, I don't think is, he's even, you know, less qualified, but... What I would say is two broad things. Number one, we have to be better about taking the fight to ISIS out there. We're just not serious right now. I mean, you know, President Obama is doing a few airstrikes here and there, but we need to step that up. We need to do a range of things to take the fight to them.
1: How many many of these uh, isolated incidents and things like Fort Hood or uh, the shootings that we have uh, that have been isolated uh, we'll never know their motive or it was just a lone gunman, not related to ISIS, for instance, the, uh, the shooting at Fort Hood or the latest shooting in Orlando. Do you buy that we'll never know their motive or?
8: No, I think it's clear. I mean, these are, these are people who are <laughs> unstable and then manipulated, uh, manipulated by Islamist radicals. I mean, that's, okay. That's what happens, and I think, Glenn. I mean, it's an interesting question. A lot of people want to say, "Okay, there's a terrorist attack," and they say, "All right, we've got to let's let's see if it was if there was command and control from Pakistan or from Syria, yeah. and if there was command and control there, and if they were trained over there, and then they flew in here to do it. Okay, well then that's a terrorist attack. We have to get past that. We need to be." We need to realize the enemy has moved on. The enemy has adapted to our successes in counterterrorism, and they've decided, and this was a decision that Zawahiri made and that ISIS has made, <laughs> they've decided, excuse me, to respond to our strengthening of our, 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 our borders and whatnot in, in some respects uh, and, our, and our, our, our intelligence service operations. They've responded to that by saying, okay, well, we're just going to inspire crazies and uh, those who are uh, radical, on the, uh, radical Islamists in the United States to carry out these things, and we're going to train them remotely and all of this. My point, Glenn, is that these kinds of attacks are just as much terrorist attacks as 9-11 itself, and we've got to finally get ourselves to the point that we understand that. The enemy is adapted. We also must adapt.
1: Okay. Um, we're talking to Evan McMullin, uh, from, uh, who's running for president, McMullen.com. Evan, can we hold you for a few more minutes, or do you have to run? No, no. I've got time, Glenn. Okay. So I'd like to take a break. We'll come back and maybe push you past the bottom of the hour as well, because I want to hear your strategy. I want to hear why you're running, what your motivation is, what made you decide to do it, and what your strategy is to win and not just be a spoiler. McMullen.com Back in just a second it's been six years that I've been telling you about Liberty safes Liberty safe I talked to you because I'm a customer of Liberty safe um, we had to buy safes years ago for uh, our collection of precious irreplaceable documents that we just had on display here we needed the best built safe and I wanted an American safe we found it with Liberty safe right now their factory is cranking out over 500 safes a day here in America And they're number one for one reason. They're tough. They survive. And Go to the website and watch these. They survive dynamite blasts. They drop them from 200 feet. They survive, but the competitor's safes break apart. They drop competitor safes from 200 feet on Liberty Safe. And the competitor's safe, which is dropping on it, is destroyed. Liberty stays intact. Do you own a Liberty Safe? Do you own a safe? If you don't... I suggest you do. Liberty Safe. You can find your nearest uh, Liberty Safe at a Cabela's store. Cabela's branded safes are all made by Liberty. And Cabela's safes are some of the hottest selling safes right now. Now through August 24th, Cabela's is offering uh, the signature Fat Boy Safe, the one that Jeffy has, literally, for an amazing... He sleeps in it. For an amazing $400 off their already low price. Plus, if you already buy a fat boy safe before August 24th, Cabela's will throw in a free handgun vault. That's free. Cabela's safes by Liberty. The best safes money can buy. Visit a Cabela's now for your Liberty safe.
2: Glenn Beck. Beck.
7: The fusion of entertainment. entertainment. And enlightenment. And enlighten- we
2: are one. The Glenn Beck program mercury this is the glenn beck program
1: all right uh evan McMullen is on with us evan com is his website he is running for president of the united states and evan i i want to go into depth on this but i think we have about two minutes here okay tell me tell me why you want to run for president of the united states
8: well let me just say that like many americans millions of americans i was hoping i've been hoping against hope that someone else would step into this race uh, because I think our two options are just terrible. I think Americans are very frustrated, and so was I. And not not just frustrated, but very concerned about what these two candidates mean for our country. So I waited and hoped that somebody else would come forward, and, and no one did, and I realized that no one was going to a couple of weeks ago, and, and had some conversations with people who were eager to launch an independent candidacy and so ultimately I decided to do it uh, because uh, other people weren't, candidly.
1: Do you, do you think you
7: could win?
8: Yeah, I do. I do think that there's, there's a way we can win, and there's, there are multiple paths towards it. I mean, we are gonna be on uh, ballots across the country through a variety of means. Um, there are a number of ways that, that we can succeed. Uh, you know, two seventy is Reaching 270 is, is going to be difficult, um, but there are there are other means that, that we can prevail. Um, if what does that mean? if if we're able to to move it into the house, we can we can prevail potentially there. But let me say this: you, you mentioned something before the break about you know my potential my being a spoiler. I want to make this very clear. I just entered the race a few days ago. When I entered the race, Donald Trump was losing to Hillary by ten percentage points. And at the same time he continues to put his foot in his mouth. And I just Hillary Clinton is a weak candidate. We should be we should be doing very, very well against her. Yes. Conservatives mm-hmm. should. And Donald Trump just isn't getting the job done and I just he is ensuring that Hillary takes the White House. I'm very I'm concerned about that too. So he's already losing to her and he's going to lose to her because he is an, he's an even weaker candidate than she is. I think as conservatives, we need somebody who can actually compete with Hillary head-on, and I know I can do that. So that, that's where I am on this, and I'm trying to give people a better option here, some, something that they can be proud of, some, you know, somebody with a positive vision for the future of the country.
0: If it does go to the House, what's your relationship with people in the House? I know obviously you, you came from that background recently, right? Yeah,
8: I did, and and I think the key here is that I understand what uh, you know. Certainly, House Republicans are looking for, and I and I am in lockstep with them. And on on, for example, balance of powers, the separation of powers, the Reins Act, things like that, um, and on policy on on you know on their agenda, I'm with them. I, I was there as that was developed. So uh, you know, Donald Trump is not there. Donald Trump, despite his campaign promises. This is not a guy who's going to be willing to send executive power that belongs to the the legislative branch back to the legislative branch. I mean, Donald Trump Uh, is going to try to amass and consolidate power, mm -hmm. given that he's an authoritarian.
1: So so hold on. I I, I want to come back to you. We're going to have to break for a couple of minutes. I want to come back to you and talk to you about the things that you think are the biggest problems that we're going to face. And then I want to ask you about some solutions. When we come back,
3: you're listening to the Glenn Beck program,
2: Mercury.
1: So, <laughs> I know, that's a good question. I, no, I know he has a good question. I'm I'd, I'd, question. I'd like to ask question. some real questions. What do you mean, do you mean? real no, questions? we have we all you've been to asking questions, questions for a half an hour. Hey, Pat, hey.
0: Pat can't ask one question. No. It's the realest no. of all real I'll questions. Just ask hey, it, Pat.
1: You're an individual. Just do it. It is uh, we're talking to Evan McMullen from EvanMcmullen.com. He is running for president of the United States. Uh, Evan, are yeah. you gonna get on the are you gonna get on the ballots?
8: Yeah, we're, we're, we've got a multi-pronged strategy. I've got a phenomenal team who's been working on this for months uh, to prepare for this, to prepare for a time at which they had a candidate to run. Uh, we are going to be getting on ballots here in the near term. We'll, we'll be rolling those out. Uh, we're excited about that. There are a number of ways to get on ballots. There's a lot of misunderstanding about that. Uh, people think that it's only via petition, but they're actually – a number of other ways, and, and uh, we're going to compete across the country.
1: How do, you, um, how do you respond to people who say you're a spoiler and you're going to cause Hillary Clinton to win?
8: I would just say this. I mean, look at the numbers. Donald Trump, when we entered the race three days ago, was down 10% against Hillary. So it, he's losing already to a super weak candidate. Which yeah, has, But, those go, those, but those numbers
1: are, those numbers are probably going to come back. They usually do after, you know, somebody else's convention, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Sure, sure. Yeah, well what I would say to that is sure Donald Trump could,
8: you know, rise in the polls a bit, but but listen, Donald Trump has alienated so many groups in America. I mean, if you just look at the numbers and you, you know, you you can find them where it's you know, he's polling he's so terribly okay. among women and Hispanics and you name it. I mean, he's just alienated so many, so many Americans.
3: He does have 1% support among blacks. (laughs) He does have 1% 1 1 support among blacks. So that's, he's got that going for him. Well, that's good. He should be, he should be
1: given a certificate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Give me, um, um, tell me what you think the biggest crisis that is coming our way.
8: Well, I wish I could only, I wish there were only one, but I think there are there there are three. Give me 2.
1: Yeah. Three, okay. Go ahead.
8: Can I give you 3? I'll be quick. Sure. Yeah. Number 1 is we we absolutely just must defeat Islamist terrorism. I know how to do it. I've been there, done that. We have to do it. That we just and the, let me tell you something. A lot of people don't think about it this way. We have to defeat Islamist terrorism because the more we allow that threat to metastasize and expand, the more our civil liberties here at home come under threat. So it's not only the attacks and the lethality of those attacks, which which is also obviously a a priority to prevent that, but the the, the greater the threat is, the more the government needs to say, okay, we're going to do this for security, we're going to do that for security, and our civil liberties start to get peeled back. And, and so we have to go on the offensive and destroy these evil threats abroad before they, before they do that to our country. So that's one. Number two is I think we, we need more economic opportunity in this country. We need to be better about fighting, smarter about fighting poverty. That's an issue I'm very passionate about. We need to be smarter about um, creating an environment here where – where 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 companies thrive, so that people and families can thrive, so that there are jobs and there's growth and all of this. We need it. The government's in the way of all this. We need to get it out of the way. So that's another thing. So can, can you give me is, any?
1: Can you give me yeah. any specifics on that?
8: Well, yeah. For example, you know, it's true that you know our trade deals. Have resulted in in sort of some shifts, some industries shifting from one place or another, and jobs can be lost, and all of that, and and also due to automation and, and new technologies, some people are losing their jobs. Uh, I think we we need to we need to listen to, to listen to that reality. It's happening, and and we need to do better. We need to be better at helping helping people uh, be retrained and find new opportunities and continue on. And so one idea I have that has worked well elsewhere is to, to use apprenticeship programs. So maybe we give an incentive for companies to say, okay, well, this, this man or woman lost their job in this factory because it moved somewhere else, but you know I'm making microchips and I'll bring them in and there's some incentive for me to do that and I'll train them up and they, can, they get on the job training while they're working. And, and then we help those people move forward. We help, we help the economy, uh, we, and we help these families. So things like that I think we need to do. But it's also about lowering taxes, simplifying the tax code, and most importantly, yes. to just cutting back on our just, – there's just so much overregulation and such little due process and in such, in, in such uncertainty, regulatory uncertainty. That's a real big challenge that companies face. We, we've got to limit that.
1: Your third problem that you think we might hit?
8: Government reform. We need to transfer more power back to the people, and that has everything to do with federalism and the Tenth Amendment. We must do this. We live in a a large – there are 330 million people here in this country. It's a big country geographically. The idea that a centralized government in Washington is going to be able to serve well and be accountable to the people is just fantasy, there needs to be more power to the states, and, and uh, the people's representatives in Congress also need to have their rightful Article I authorities restored.
1: Um, can you tell me, um, Mitt Romney um, has made some uh, disparaging comments about the Tea Party. Um, where do you stand on the Tea Party, uh, the values of the Tea Party?
8: Well, listen, I stand with anybody who understands, um, the again, federalism. I stand with anybody who understands and supports the Tenth Amendment, anybody who understands that the power of the government comes from the people and only from the people, and therefore the government is accountable to the people. We, this is a, Glenn, this is something I'm passionate about. Our founders founded this country... With a why, as Simon Sinek, the commentator, says he talks, every company needs to have a why. That why for our country was the pursuit of happiness. If people are going to pursue happiness in their way, they need to actually have a, a say in their government. And that power needs to be close to them, even though they may delegate it to their representatives. So it, it's a pursuit of happiness thing for me. That's what, the, that's what federalism is about. That's what the Tenth Amendment is about. We, we, we've got to get back to a system that allows people to pursue happiness the way our, our founders intended.
1: Pat has probably the best question of the day. <laughs>
3: well, I, I mean, I, I'm glad we've talked about some cute little subjects, but can we get to the real issue? Um, oh, boy, here we Evan, go. I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, as president, you would seek a constitutional amendment and maybe even an executive order in the meantime pending uh, a constitutional amendment to uh, force your will in making uh, BYU a part of the Big 12? Yes, I will absolutely do you that. You would do that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you have my vote. Okay, okay my good. Vote. All right. What hey, a great. surprise. I got, I got one. That's great. You, you've got at least one vote. Wait, you're not yeah. voting
0: for yourself? Shouldn't you at least have
1: two? <laughs> oh,
3: that's true. That's true. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I'm in. I'm in too. Are, you, too. are you married? I mean, hopefully we can at least get a family vote going there. Too. <laughs> are you married?
1: I, I'm not married,
8: but I want to promise the American people, since I'm making important campaign promises right now, guys. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that uh, that I will not leave America without a first lady if I'm elected, and and it is my <laughs> my biggest aspiration in life to be a husband and a father, and and I'm working on it.
3: So, <laughs> is there anybody like? So, is, I mean, yeah, I
1: mean, is is this is this like the I the Oval is the greatest chick magnet of all time, or <laughs> is there somebody that you are thinking about? Um, is there an announcement you'd like to make? I here? really do not want to answer. Can I just not answer that
8: question? <laughs> Have mercy, please.
1: Um,
3: yeah, that's Evan, a tough one. I, so I, the I deadline. Just better keep my mouth shut. Seriously though, Evan, the deadline I think is is tomorrow for oh. Utah, right? For for, for ballot access. It's I 15th. mean, how...
0: the fifteenth. 15th. Okay, 15th. so you got a few. Okay, more days. Okay, so you got
3: four days. You can make it in four days. Oh yeah, yeah. We've got uh, we've got an army of volunteers
8: out there taking care of this. The the threshold of a thousand. And what do you do
3: in a state like Texas, where the where the deadline's already passed? Uh, We'll probably file a legal challenge there.
7: Okay.
1: Um, Do you um, do Do you have the money to do this? Money is pouring in, pouring
8: in. Is it really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yep. From small donors, regular people who are just so frustrated. I could, I'm telling you, and you know this: 70% of Americans are, just, are, are unhappy with the direction of the country. They think it's on the wrong track. And then we have two candidates that are historically unpopular and profoundly unprepared to face the challenges that this country faces now. Americans want something else. So yeah i mean the 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 metrics are unbelievable. I mean people are helping out they're chipping in, but also we're getting major you know mega donor interest. We've already mm. had some really critical meetings on that we I'm going to be in New York next week for some you know some some follow up meetings uh, you know we're We're getting some good signals there too so we're we're very excited and we feel good on that end
1: where Where is the Republican party falling short
8: Well, let me say this. I, I, I think that the Republican Party is certainly doing a lot more that's right right now than the Democratic Party, and I'm not trying to you know don't desire to be super partisan here, but the, the Republicans at least are trying to return power to the people. And the Republicans in the House, so so they got they have that going for them. But I would say this: I think that it is time for the conservative movement to be hmm. more tolerant of people of a variety of faiths and a variety of ethnicities and nationalities. Our conservatism doesn't have to be sort of the Trump bigotry. And that's, conservative, that has nothing to do so with So do you think, wait, hang on
1: just a second. Do you think Trump is a conservative?
8: I do not, but are there are a lot of people okay. who say that they're conservatives who are supporting Trump. Yes, okay. Yeah, so no, I, that's, I I appreciate that clarification. He is most certainly not a conservative and I feel like I feel like he's deceived America by co- claiming that he is. People are so desperate in America for change that they're willing to believe a total I mean he, Donald Trump is a con man. I spent 10 years in the Central Intelligence Agency. I know a con man when I see one and Don, and I see Donald Trump coming from a mile away.
0: How about the run recent specific policy proposal from Trump uh, and Clinton? Clinton proposed a two hundred and seventy-five billion dollars stimulus program to uh, for our infrastructure. Trump, when asked about that proposal, said uh, that's not enough. We need to double it, actually more than double it. Do wow. you feel okay. the need to to uh, What's your stimulus plan idea? Do you have a number? Do you want to triple Trump's? What's your <laughs> What's your uh, feeling? Yeah,
8: I, yeah no. Look, I think my stimulus plan is getting the government the way out out of the way of free enterprise. That's my Thank stimulus
3: you. plan. Hmm. That would be nice. So well, I like that. If people like what they've heard, uh Evan, how do they help out? Go to com. chip in if you can.
8: Every little bit helps. Uh you you'll be joining many, many Americans who are doing the same. Uh, sign up so that we can we can contact you and get you involved if you want to volunteer. We'd love that. Um, share share things about us on social media. You know, Obviously, we've entered this race late, not because we think that's the ideal way to do it, but because <laughs> nobody else was going to, and it was the last minute, so we jumped in. Um, so we need to raise awareness as quickly as possible so people can be
1: helpful on all three fronts. At, at what point are you going to name a vice presidential candidate?
8: Well, we're looking at people now, I mean, I, not, not in the extremely near term, I think. We're, we're getting some basic bases covered here as we launch uh, at this early stage. But what we're looking for is somebody who, who understands what makes America special on a profound level, something that neither Hillary Clinton nor Trump certainly do. Will
1: it be, um, somebody, will it be somebody that has some uh, governing experience? I mean, you know, it's a pretty big job to, to take on and just go, I got it.
8: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But hey, listen, I'll, I'll say this about this: our founding fathers had the, you know, the way they did it is they would tend to their fields and then they would serve from time to time. And and I'm a I'm a big believer in that model. I think we need people with practical experiences and know how to help America uh, overcome its challenges. And the other thing I think we need. So, are in, you promising
1: least, to also farm if you're elected president? <laughs> uh, I would. You got a that. date. W- you got a farm. I mean, holy yeah. cow, you got a lot on your plate.
8: <laughs> yeah, I would. I would love that. But I just. I mean, I, I guess I'm just pushing back on the idea that it's got to be a career politician to sure, no, sort of work right. their way up. I just don't think we need that. I think we need new ideas, and we also need we need leaders that put the interests of the American people before their own, and that will have some character around that and and uh, and I just don't think we have that clearly in these
1: in these two major party candidates. Evan McMullen, thank you very much for being on the program today. Appreciate it. Thank you Glenn. It thank you team. Best of luck. Um evanmcmullen.com, Evan McMullen uh, Now this, protect your home, protect your family and save more money than you think. With a Simply Safe Home security system, you not only save on your monthly monitoring fees,
3: but you can also save up to twenty percent on your homeowner's insurance. Amazing how much you save just on the monitoring fees, too. I mean, like 80 percent. You know, mine went from sixteen, no, from sixty dollars uh, to fifteen. That's that's huge savings. Huge savings. And it mounts up, especially if
1: you can add up to twenty percent on your homeowner's insurance just for having uh, Simply Safe there. 14.99 a month, easy to install, no contract, you own the system. Brand new kind of security. It's all wireless, you don't have to have wires. It's like having a guard stationed in your front door right 24 hours a day for the protection we trust. Go to simplysafeback.com. You'll get an exclusive 10% off the system. You can check with your insurance. They'll show you how. 20% off your homeowner's insurance. Simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafeback.com
2: This is the Glam
3: Beck Program. Mercury.
2: At our most basic level, we are all afraid of something. Progressives exploit these fears by offering us solutions based on lies and a hunger for power and control. Get the truth with Liars,
1: a new book by Glenn Beck,
2: on sale now at glennbeck.com/liars. So,
1: what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Generally, liked him.
0: I like it. He's better like than it. you know. What the, some of the other choices? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't. He's not Ted Cruz. I don't think that's no, what he's he's playing, the audience he's playing for necessarily. No, um, but he's a generally kind of conservative between Republican.
3: Cruz and Romney probably yeah the question
1: is can is there enough time for people to listen to him and get comfortable with him you know so let's see him in a debate you gotta he, he, somebody like that has got to be tested some way or another yeah. and the media won't do it so how does that happen is the question
2: this is. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.